0: If you've got the money and the means now, now's the time to do it because there's always somewhere in Australia where it's prime buying.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum, and in this episode, we're speaking with CEO and founder of Australian Property Investment Solutions, Julie Crockett. We discover how the skills she gained working as a teacher helped her when she became a buyer's agent, how selling her second property netted her $200,000 in profit, and much, much more. Julie Crockett uses technology to locate properties for her clients and she starts by sharing with us a little bit about what her day consists of.
0: I am the CEO and founder of Australian Property Investment Solutions and that business uh, has been around uh, and um, helping people to invest for the last nine years and I've personally been investing since 2002. I'm hard on the task of sourcing appropriate investment properties for my clients and that that involves being on the phone talking to uh, my trusted network of, of people. They could be um, builders who build custom-built properties for my clients or they could be developers who are building um, boutique um, developments both here in Sydney and interstate. And also I'm online, I'm researching, I have um, a couple of different companies that I use that are very, uh, that are cutting edge basically, um, research companies and basically they uh, provide, one of them in particular provides data using um, artificial intelligence, so AI technology, which is a really exciting um, space to be in and really exciting to use their research.
1: Crockett further elaborates on how AI technology helps their clients from pinpointing areas that are starting to gain capital growth to looking at best local government areas to be investing in.
0: How it's helped my clients is it's actually been able to pinpoint the areas that are set for imminent capital growth. When uh, people get um, online and they do their own property research, it's really interesting because there's so many layers of research that we actually need to do in order to um, source a really good location to invest in. And I have found over the years that it's, it's very time-consuming. And what I do now is with artificial intelligence data, we, we actually um, are able to cut through all of that and actually pinpoint where those areas are that are going to provide capital growth and then um, it also looks at the best local government areas to then invest in in that location and then it hones down to um, street level. So it will analyse street level data and it will provide where in those streets are the best places to invest.
1: Once the AI technology has brought up those results, that's where Crockett comes in. She asks the right questions to make sure the properties are a good fit for her clients, works on the strategy and figures out what the property will do for them and for self-managed super fund clients looking to get the best, highest possible yield for them.
0: What we do is that being our due diligence, um, what we, our skills that we bring to the fore are you know, being able to ask the right questions and to make sure that we get the right answers um, to as to whether or not um, the properties in particular are a good fit for our clients. So we're quite um, niche in that we don't sort of hold a property list, if you like, of of properties available. We actually um, take the brief from the client and we're very big on looking at strategy. So what is it that that property has to do for you? And then we go and source the right location using the AI technology and then the property that is a really good fit. So any client at any time can come to us and say, look, you know, I'm looking at a 15% capital growth um, in the first year. Can you find me that? Yes, we can. Um, I'm also looking at a better than 5.5% yield, let's say. Can you find me that? Yes, we can. Um, And um, for our self-managed super fund clients, of course, we're looking to do the utmost in terms of yield for those clients because ideally, if you've got a self-managed super fund already set up, um, the idea is that you're wanting to tip money back into that super fund, not drain it on a negatively geared property. And that's that's not advice. That's my own <laughs> my own experience and my own because I, I do have a self-managed super fund and I do um, have property in it. So learning from experience what fits best in an SMSF and running with that is um, is very important.
1: Crockett grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney to parents who bought one property over the course of their lives. She worked as a teacher prior to entering into the field of property investing and cites the skills and experience she gained from teaching as important for her current career as a buyer's agent.
0: I think um, I'm possibly a little bit... Uh, uh, older than some of the other people you've interviewed, and uh, yeah, it, it, times have certainly changed in that space, um, but yeah, I had a great childhood, um, lots of freedom to to do a whole range of things, and yeah, I guess um, my working class parents inspired me. They only ever bought in their lifetime one investment property, and I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. Looking back on that, I thought it was a very cool thing to do at the time. And then moving forward, yeah, um, sort of learnt from their example, I guess. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm a high achiever, so I, I did way more than one. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, in terms of um, childhood, great childhood, I um, left school, went to uni, and, um, and my first very first job was a teacher. And so I was a teacher for, for several decades, and, um, and in more recent times, have uh, up until I started business nine years ago, I was a um, special needs coordinator. So I set up um, special needs classes in private schools, basically. And um, yeah, so that's a bit of my background. But it's interesting, Tyrone, that everything sort of prepares you for what comes next. And so I found that uh, when I started business, when I started Australian Property Investment Solutions, I had a lot to draw upon in terms of working with people and that has really been hugely beneficial in sitting down with clients and, and really actively listening to what their needs are and if they're not quite sure then, you know, just working through what it is that they're trying to achieve, that strategy, the all-important strategy, what it is they're trying to achieve, and, and then how together we can go about um, achieving that for them and helping them to be successful in property investment. I think one of the things that, um, as far as um, my background's concerned, um, it taught me to be very, very patient. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're dealing with people, we're, we're all very, very different. We know that. Um, there's a great deal of patience that you need to and to have, and to yeah, be a very good listener.
1: She further elaborates on how her teaching career has helped her current position in the field of property investing.
0: We just launched straight into from uni straight into yeah first appointment and uh, and uh, continue to then proceed. Through, as I said, several decades. Um, but finding a niche, and I think um, I, I, you learn a lot about yourself as, you, as time goes on. And uh, I certainly have had time to reflect in the last several years. And I, there are people in this world who are um, builders, and I'm a builder. I like to build. I like to build property first and foremost, <laughs> but I also and build a portfolio. But I also like to. Um, the notion of me building a business would have been quite foreign many years ago, but when, because I had achieved that through my teaching career, it wasn't too difficult to then step into building a business. And, and I know that sounds perhaps a little bit, a little bit unusual, but the skills that you you have really enable you to yeah move in and to and essentially teaching and this business are very much about the same thing and they're very much about helping people so that's that's sort of correlated and and it was a really good um value alignment for me and and has continued to be so because when you are doing it right um you you get people the same clients come back time after time after time and they refer other people to you because they, they have enjoyed the experience basically and they, yeah, that's that's pretty much it.
1: Crocker entered into the world of teaching because she liked the job and enjoyed it when she started working. However, after years in a role, she felt like she needed another challenge.
0: I think um, uh, decades ago it was a pretty safe um, uh Sort of um, job to be in, and, um, and I think you know I took my parents' advice. They said, "Oh, you know, you, you could do XYZ, but you know, you probably would do well at teaching." I already, I, I had already liked the idea before they suggested it. So, um, yeah, and I think, I think, um, in fact, I know for the for the, the time that I spent teaching, it was a very. It was a very good career, and it was good for me at the time. I think um, that's yeah, that's pretty much how I got into teaching. And once um, once you're in, and people would find this. um, Once you're in a career and you see progression, and you you see that you know, and you're enjoying what you're doing, then you know it's not a not a hardship. I think one of the challenges today um, is that. Um, there needs to be enough challenge in where people um, are working and what, whatever job they're, they're undertaking to be able to, you know, keep that spirit soaring. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get, um, and and it's very easy to do it, get bogged down in, in job and work and all the rest of it. Um, and we all need a challenge. And I think... Um, that's, that was originally why I got into teaching, but it was also one of the reasons why I left teaching because I still needed another challenge. I needed, and I um, I made a deliberate decision um, several years ago now to keep going. Either one one track was to keep going at, down the education track and and keep teaching, which I w- would have and could have done, um, or to really jump into something that was um, had become. It was originally started out as a hobby, good old property investing, and then it just became a passion. I was really addicted, and I thought, yeah, if I don't, if I don't make the change now, I think I will always live with regret that I would never have um, found out for myself, you know, if I could have um, done this and how it would have turned out. So. Yeah, I, I made a conscious decision many years ago now to um to walk this path and it has been amazing. It's just you know, it's, it's an amazing path. Helping people to understand and invest is is yeah, it's truly amazing.
1: Crockett was inspired by her parents to get into property and shares why.
0: Their one investment property that they did have and they sold it several years ago, now before the Sydney property boom I might add. Um <laughs> yeah i know i know um they they did inspire me i thought yeah that's probably something that i could do um if they'd been in other investment um sectors like shares or whatever you know maybe i would have dabbled in that as well don't know um and the other thing was I met up with um, a fellow teacher who's become a very good friend over the years and still is a very good friend um, and will continue to be so. Um, she has a very large portfolio of 17 properties and she um, she and I used to sit together and you know talk property and do our analysis um, and research. And then in the school holidays, we were both Teaching at that time, in the school holidays we'd often travel to faraway places, <laughs> Queensland, WA, uh, all sorts of places, and go and check out locations and properties. And more often than not, we bought. Um, and so, yeah, it became a fairly regular um, school holiday activity that we would, you know, jump on a plane somewhere and go and buy a property, um, independent of one another. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it also when you have someone else to bounce your ideas off and to to just oh, work with, I guess um, it just makes a huge difference to what you can achieve. Individually, I think we can we can get a pretty good result. It depends on the personality of the, the investor, really. But um, together, when you've got other people that you're sharing that with. Um, it can be very powerful.
1: Coming up after the break, we'll delve into what made Julie Crocker want to start investing in property in the first place.
0: The story behind that one was um, I got a superannuation statement in the mail many years ago back in probably early 2002 and I nearly had a heart attack.
1: One of her worst investing moments
0: and the property was probably about two and a half years old and was tenanted to a family and the property manager did a routine inspection and she called me up. I always get get very worried when they call. Her biggest
1: aha moment?
0: And when I sold it and made a lot of money, I just thought yeah,
1: that really propelled me
0: then to get on and, and stop mucking around and to really um, yeah, turbo charge the the portfolio, I guess.
1: And that's next. I'm Taryn Shum and you're listening to Property Story. Looking back, Crockett received a statement in the mail prompting her to make some changes in her life.
0: The story behind that one was um, I got a superannuation statement in the mail many years ago back in early 2002 and I nearly had a heart attack I just thought wow I have been working all these years and you know I've got this tiny little amount in super and basically I just thought that's it I'll be teaching till I drop dead on the classroom floor basically um, and it was pretty grim I must admit it, just, it and I thought it was exactly what I needed because I just thought wow I don't know what to do about this and um, we can only earn a set amount of income and okay you could go out and get a second job you could there's, a, there's ways of earning extra income but you have to put in more time for those dollars. So um, a mum and dad had already owned this property for quite some years and uh, I thought yeah maybe I should investigate property investing which I did and in Uh, End of November, end of, um, sorry, it would be November, end of the year, 2002, I purchased a property, in. it's a brand new property in Newcastle and um, yeah, and then after that, I um, started my next investment property. The thing is, I waited. People, and people do this too, you know, they get one and they go, oh, that's good, I've got a property, all is good.
1: Her second property was referred to her by a brother. And eventually sold that property for enough profit to use that money to go on and purchase many more properties.
0: A lot of people only end up ever with one
1: property, which is
0: for well, some people. I mean, and it's all about what you want. If you if you want to create wealth, one property won't won't get you there, certainly not. But um, um, at least, I guess, if you have a good investment property and you only ever buy one, well, that's better than none at all. Anyway, I bought one, held off a few years, and then I. Um, received a text message from my brother and he alluded me to a property that was getting a really high yield and I went um, um, second purchase within WA um, in in one of these horrible mining towns um, called Karatha and I bought in Carratha in 2005 and I ended up selling that property in 2007 and um, Made just over $200,000 on that property. Now that is, it's unusual to, for that to happen um, and sometimes it can swing the other way. Um, and I must, the disclaimer here is that it was purely by chance, not by design, that that occurred. Um, and, you know, hence being able to then buy many more properties. So um I was buying one a year for many, many years and um yeah, I, I like to diversify my portfolio. So definitely buying around the country um is my particular strategy and the reason for that is that when uh properties uh when when cycles change, um there's generally somewhere in the country that is at the peak. And if you have to sell, then it's always advisable to sell in a peak market. So that was my rationale for um, purchasing in locations around the country.
1: One of her worst investing moments was when a property manager caught her about a brand new property.
0: There are times when things don't go according to plan and if you're working with people who can help you through that and provide you with some clarity, it really, really, really helps. Um, otherwise, um, and I've seen it happen, people just sort of drop their bundle and, and end up selling a really good asset, even though they've just had a you know bit of a horrid time with tenants or whatever. So my story goes that um, uh, I purchased a... Really, a brand new property in—I um, don't always purchase brand new, but the ones I've just mentioned happen to be a brand new property in Adelaide um, in 2008. And the property was probably about two and a half years old, and was tenanted to a family. And the property manager did a routine inspection, and she called me up. I always get get very worried when they call. Um, And she said, oh, there's been a bit of a problem in the property. And I said, oh, what do you mean? And she said, "Um, well, the four-year-old has um, drawn on every single wall in the house in Texter. And I nearly had a heart attack. Um, And I wasn't sure, so that's that's all fine. But, um, yeah, I... um, It was very, very upsetting actually because it was virtually a brand new home and um, the tenants didn't see that there was an issue with that because they loved the artwork.
1: Artwork, okay, I love it. Good angle.
0: What happened then, I and here's where it's really important to be insured with the right insurer. So I thought, oh, thank goodness I have landlord insurance and and it's all good. Um, And I went back to the insurer and they said... um, ooh, this is not malicious damage. This is this is damage or this is, they didn't even use the word damage. This is um, something that has been done by a minor and um, there's no way that that can be classified as malicious and they, they refuse to pay out. Yeah. Um, so be very careful who you insure with. Um, we know who the best ones are <laughs> after um, yes, trial and error. Uh, but yes. So that was a bit of a horror story, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I think there, there were a lot of lessons learned, and there always are when you're a property investor. There are a lot of lessons learned along the way, and um, yeah, that was that was pretty heartbreaking because we had to do a full repaint, and uh, obviously we gave the tenants notice, and uh, we we then sort of got some people in that were that were really good, but um, yeah, that was my horror story.
1: How long did that take, and, and did it cost much to actually repaint the whole place if you were to?
0: 5000 roughly. Um, how long did it take, that process? Yes, because while, you, while that's going through, of course, um, you don't have income. So um, yeah, I've got to try and recall now um, how long it took. It was probably several weeks from memory.
1: Despite this setback, Crockett still managed to keep that property, hasn't had any problems after that incident and shares what's next.
0: That one, um, I've got some pretty big plans for that one next year. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm sort of considering weighing up how I can um, get a higher yield out of that property by potentially um, renting out rooms. I'll just need to do some compliance work on that one. Um, So... Yes, definitely. Um, it's been uh, fine since then. Uh, good tenants came in, and I've had a couple go through since then. Um, now I've got some two guys in there doing, you know, really good job keeping the place, you know, clean and neat and tidy and everything. So yeah, no, it's, it's worked out well.
1: For Crockett, her aha moment was definitely memorable, propelling her to the next opportunity to purchase more properties.
0: I think the aha moment was probably the second property that I bought and when I sold it and made a lot of money, I just thought that really propelled me then to get on and and stop mucking around and to really, um, yeah, turbocharge charge the, the portfolio, I guess, because you when you see when you can see what can happen, um, then it, it really does motivate you to to keep moving forward and to um, prioritize things that are important. I, I as I deal with a lot of clients, you know, and people have put, put things off, put things off, put things off. Um, probably my my longest uh, client that I had from first meeting her till until she actually. Um, used my service to purchase was four years. And um, when I think about that, you know, um, over a four-year period of time, there was a lot of money that could have been made in that time. So, you know, I think the things that I've learned from my own experience, I um, am able to pass on to others that if you're in a position to purchase and to build a portfolio, don't don't wait for it, Um, don't wait for a better time in the economy, don't wait for a better time um, after the election, don't wait for a better, there is, if you've got the money and the means now, now's the time to do it because there's always somewhere in Australia where it's prime buying and um, the longer you hold off, the less time you actually have to be able to make money in that, that market.
1: So, inspired by Julie Crockett's journey, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investor, where we'll discuss her strategy.
0: I'll give you a case study. I had um, one of my clients come to me, a brand new client, very, very risk averse.
1: The reason she does what she does.
0: And just just seeing people achieve it, helping them to get there and, and yeah, people who otherwise didn't think it was all, at all possible for them. It's just amazing.
1: The precautions she took prior to purchasing her first property.
0: But I think at that point, I also one important point that I probably should mention here is I also went to an accountant before I purchased it and I said to my accountant, how much money is this going to cost me per week out of my own pocket?
1: And that's next time in a future episode of Property Invest Story.